0: You're listening to Brains On, where we are serious about being curious. Brains On is supported in part by a grant from the National Science Foundation. The Taino people lived in the Caribbean for over a thousand years, long before the Europeans sailed across the Atlantic and stumbled upon these islands, now known as Cuba, Haiti, Jamaica, the Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, and the Bahamas. The Taino people believed that the world needed to remain in balance. There are good forces and bad forces that are needed to balance each other out. Their good forces were represented by a spirit named Yochahu, and the bad force was embodied by a spirit known as Huracan. Huracan brought destruction, often in the form of fierce storms. Huracan is where the word hurricane comes from. In carvings, Burakan is shown as a head with two arms swelling in opposite directions. One arm is raised and curved over the head, moving to the left, and the other arm is curved below, moving to the right. It's clear the Taino people understood hurricanes and the fierce winds, flooding and tides that come with them. Because now, when we see satellite images of hurricanes from high above, they look remarkably similar to these ancient carvings of Huracan. Humans living on islands and coasts have been coexisting with these storms for a very long time. Why do they happen? How are they changing? And how do we continue to live with them? We'll be answering those questions right now.
1: listening to Brains On from APM Studios. I'm Molly Bloom, and my co-host today is Travis from Houston, Texas. Hi, Travis. Hi, Molly. Today, we're talking about hurricanes. In other parts of the world, they're called typhoons or cyclones. These are the powerful storms that can bring high winds, torrential rain, and big waves with them. Some of us, like Travis, have lived through hurricanes, and many of us have seen them in the news. So naturally, our listeners have a lot of questions about them. Hello, my name is Alice from Salem, Massachusetts. My question is, how do planes fly in the
0: center of hurricanes? Hi, my name is Tara, and I want to know, how do hurricanes form? My name is Elliot. And I'm Colin. And we're from St. Augustine, Florida. Our question is, how do hurricanes form? So let's start at the beginning. How do hurricanes form? They start... with a storm. Okay. So that means we have to talk about how storms form first. Well, then we need to talk about air molecules. Really love talking about molecules. But I'm not sure we need... But isn't it cool to think
1: about how the air, the invisible thing that we take for granted, is actually made of stuff? It's not emptiness. It's teeny tiny materials that we can't see just with our eyes. Like, look, I'm wiggling my fingers in the air and they're touching air molecules. And now I'm breathing in air molecules. The air is made of stuff. When wind is blowing, you can actually feel it. It's so cool. I love
0: you, molecules. We. Love- I love you too, Molly. Yes, very cool. But here's how I would start. Clouds. Okay, tell me more. Storms are collections of very big rain clouds, right? So picture a cloud named Claude.
2: Hello, I'm Claude the Cloud.
0: Claude is made up of little droplets of water. That water started on the Earth's surface, but now it's evaporated. Meaning it's gone from a liquid to a gas. It was heated up by the sun, evaporated, and floated into the air. Up in the sky, it turns back into water and becomes a cloud. And if that rain gets too heavy in the cloud, boom! Rainstorm!
2: Sorry to rain on your parade.
0: See, it's all about the clouds.
2: Right, but that all has to do with molecules too!
0: Oh, yeah, it's us again.
1: So, for example, when the sun shines on a lake or the ocean, it heats up the little water molecules.
0: Ah, oh, getting toasty. And
1: some of them evaporate and rise into the air and even float up into the sky.
0: That's what builds the cloud. See, it's all about tiny molecules. Okay, but for a hurricane to happen, you need to think big. Like, real big. Like, picture the Atlantic Ocean.
1: I'm picturing it.
0: It's the end of the summer, so the ocean has been soaking up heat from the sun, and the water is warm. Oh, yeah. It's got to be at least 80 degrees Fahrenheit. It feels pretty good. As the water heats up, it evaporates. Then, this ocean vapor turns back into water and forms a cloud.
2: Oh, well...
0: Looks like I'm gonna rain again and ruin this beautiful day. But get this, when the water vapor turns into water and joins that cloud, it releases heat, making the air around it even warmer.
2: What can I say? I've got a warm personality.
0: And if there's one thing you need to know about hot air, it's that hot air rises, so the cloud warms the air, and the air rises and makes that cloud taller. See? Now you're getting a powerful storm brewing. Yes, but it's all about the
1: molecules here, too. See, when that air rises, it leaves space for other molecules to move in. You can't have nothing there. There's always molecules, even if we can't see them. So those molecules rush in to fill in the gaps where the hot air once was.
0: Come, molecules. Some hot air is rising. Let's take its place.
1: And those molecules are cooler at first. But then those molecules warm up too. And then they rise. And then more molecules rush in to take their place. And then those warm up too. And they rise. And on and on, it becomes like a Ferris wheel with hot air going up on one side and cold air coming down on the other.
0: Wee! Being a molecule is fun! Fueled by the warm ocean water. The storm gets bigger and bigger and faster and faster. The clouds swarm and grow. And all that rushing of molecules
1: makes wind, and it whips up the water below.
0: And if this goes on long enough, you get a megastorm. You get a hurricane. Whew, I
1: feel all whipped up too, but hey... I guess we were both right. You can't explain a hurricane without the big
0: picture stuff like oceans and clouds. And the really tiny things, like water and air molecules. A storm is officially classified as a hurricane
1: when the wind whipping around is going over 74 miles per hour. That's faster than cars on the highway.
0: And at this point, the clouds reach high into the sky, at least 50,000 feet. And the width of the storm is about 125 miles. That's a
1: very big storm. When hurricanes reach the land, they generally become less powerful because, like we said, they're fueled by water and heat. And there's not as much moisture and heat found on the land as there is over the ocean.
0: And the Atlantic Ocean in the fall, near the equator, is very warm. And there's obviously a lot of moisture. When hurricanes
1: reach the shore, they slow down and lose energy since they don't have that warm ocean fueling them anymore.
0: But these hurricanes can cause a lot of damage before they slow down. The high wind, heavy rains, and big tide surges can be dangerous for people living in the storm's path. So now, Travis, you were
1: personally affected by a hurricane a few years ago. That was Hurricane Harvey in 2017. So how old were you when that hurricane hit the Gulf Coast?
0: I was six or five. So what do you remember about that time? I remember waking up in the middle of the night and there was water everywhere. My stepdad, Coy picked me up and carried me across the street while my mom carried a dog, Huck. My neighbors have a two-story house, so that's why we went uh, across the street. Got it. So the the water was inside your house at that point? Yeah.
1: Wow. It was like a foot high. Oh, my goodness. And you were not very tall back then, so that must have felt pretty scary to you, I'm guessing.
0: Yeah, and it was dark outside, and the water came up to like four feet in the street. Wow. And it, it was cold and stinky and still raining more.
1: Oh, my gosh. So cold, stinky water in the street, and it's still raining. So you went across the street to your neighbors. So you went up to their second story. Was it dry there?
0: We didn't go to the second story. Oh, okay. We went to the first story because the water didn't reach into the the house yet. Got it.
1: So it was like a little bit higher than your house.
0: Yeah, it, it didn't ever reach the house or into the, our neighbor's house. So then after your neighbor's
1: house, where did you go after that?
0: We later went to a friend of my stepdad's uh, house to live in. uh, We we called it a garage apartment because on top of the garage, there's a place for us to sleep. So how long
1: were you away from home for?
0: I don't know, maybe around a year.
1: Wow. And that's because your house had been flooded and so it needed to be cleaned and all of that?
0: Yeah, and we had to, re, uh, they had to, like, remodel the house completely. Wow.
1: So what was it like living away from home during that time? Were you far from school, or were you still able to go to the same school?
0: I was still able to go to the same school, but I was still kind of far.
1: Okay. So when you were leaving your house that night when it was really rainy and flooding, do you remember how you felt at that time? I think I was a bit scared. Mm-hmm. So what was it like when you finally got to go home a year later?
0: It felt really good to go to go back home and we finally had space.
1: And so did you you had your own bedroom again?
0: Yes. Nice. So
1: when hurricane season approaches now, how do you feel when you get to that time of year?
0: I feel really nervous every hurricane season.
1: So what advice do you have for kids who may have to evacuate their homes for things like hurricanes or fires or other weather events that are happening?
0: I suggest talking about whatever happened to their parents and even cry about it if they feel like it.
1: Yes, it's okay to feel all the feelings when those kinds of things happen because they're big events. It's hard to deal with and it's important to talk to people and let yourself feel stuff about them. That's really good advice. Well, thank you for sharing your experiences with us. I really, really appreciate it.
0: Okay. You're
2: welcome.
1: So there's still a lot we don't understand about hurricanes. Scientists are studying them all the time. But sometimes the best way to learn is to get up close and personal.
0: That's why some people will actually fly an airplane right through a hurricane. These people are our hurricane hunters.
1: Travis recently interviewed one over Zoom. Her name is Major Joyce Hirai, and she's part of the Air Force's weather reconnaissance team.
3: What is a hurricane hunter? So basically, a hurricane hunter is a member of a team, uh, which includes two pilots, a weather officer, which is what I am, a loadmaster, and a navigator. And we fly into hurricanes to see what type of characteristics it has. Is it growing? Is it slowing down? Is it getting stronger? So we're trying to find the information by flying into the hurricane. Why do you fly through hurricanes? So we have satellite images from space, but just looking at that, it's kind of like looking at the hood of a car and you can't see what's underneath it. So us flying into the storm is like going underneath the hood and finding out different characteristics of the storm and how it is driven such as where is the eye and what the pressure is um, helps the scientists at the national hurricane center build a more precise forecast
0: what tools do you use to measure and look at the hurricane
3: so essentially our whole aircraft the c-130 is basically a big weather sensor we have Dropson, which is a weather instrumentation. It kind of looks like a Pringles can uh, with a parachute on it. And that is released out of our aircraft and it collects the atmospheric data, such as the temperature, the wind speeds and direction, the air pressure and humidity, all the way down to the surface. And that information is sent directly to um, the hurricane center where the forecasters are through satellite communication from our aircraft. We also have. weather sensor called the stepped frequency microwave radiometer, which essentially just continuously measures the wind speeds from the ocean surface and also collects the rainfall rate as well.
0: Hmm, What's it like flying through the storm?
3: It's actually a lot of fun. Uh, The best way I can explain it is kind of like a roller coaster in a car wash. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Every storm is different, and each one has its own personality, just like we all do. Imagine being in a car wash for about four to five hours. Um, Mm -hmm. You see the constant rain. Sometimes you'll see lightning, feeling the up and down motions of turbulence. Also, there's a distinct uh, metallic-like smell That happens sometimes as well. But however, though, once you go through that rough part of the weather, on the other side of it, if you can imagine it, you'll see clear skies, calm winds. Sometimes you see the clouds surrounding you like a stadium. And we call that the stadium effect, which is also really cool to see. That stadium
1: effect is happening around the eye of the storm. The Eye of the Storm is the center of the swirling hurricane winds, and amazingly, this eye inside the center of the hurricane feels very calm. There's hardly any wind, and the sky is clear. So when Joyce and her team fly into the eye, they can see the clouds that make up the hurricane surrounding them, like the sides of a stadium. Getting more details about the Eye of the Storm can help forecasters on the ground predict more accurately what the hurricane will do next. We're working on an episode all about tongue twisters, and we want to hear from you. What is your favorite tongue twister? Travis, do you have any favorites?
0: I do. My favorite is Fuzzy Wuzzy, and for people who don't know what Fuzzy Wuzzy is, it goes like this. Fuzzy Wuzzy was a bear. Fuzzy Wuzzy had no hair. Fuzzy Wuzzy wasn't very fuzzy. Was he? (laughs) Nicely done. You made that sound easy. Do you know any tongue twisters in any other language? Yeah, I know this one in Spanish. Había un perro debajo de un carro, vino otro perro y le el rabo. Wow, those
1: were some really good rolled Rs. What did, can you tell me what that means?
0: It means a dog sleeping under a car. Another dog came and bit that dog in the tail.
1: Well, send your tongue twisters to us at BrainsOn.org slash contact. While you're there, you can also send us your drawings, mystery sounds, and questions.
0: Like this one. My name is Oscar. I'm from Snohomish, Washington. And I want to know why black absorbs heat. You can find an
1: answer to that question on our Moment of Um podcast. It's a short daily dose of fascinating facts.
0: Find it wherever you listen to Brains On.
1: Plus, if you're in Boston, Los Angeles, or the Twin Cities, Mark Sandon and I are coming to do a live show in your town. There will be magic, games, dancing, and plenty of sciency fun. Find out more and get your tickets at brainson.org slash events. We hope to see you there. And keep listening.
0: You're listening to Brains On from APM Studios. I'm Travis. And I'm Molly. And this is the.
1: All right, you ready for the mystery sound, Travis? Yeah. All right, here it is.
0: Okay, Travis, what are your thoughts? It definitely sounds like something you'd hear at like a construction mm. uh, con- where people are working on construction, like one of the. Um, Hammers that you drill, you used to drill into the ground. Yeah.
1: Like a jackhammer.
0: Yeah. That's what I think it is. Because I also heard people talking in the background and uh, trucks backing up. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of sounds going on there. Yeah. That was a really good guess. We're going to give you
1: another chance to guess and reveal the answer right after the credits.
0: <laughs> Have you ever noticed how? Hurricanes all have names? I sure have. Have you ever wondered how the hurricanes got those names? You bet. Well, you're in luck because I just happened to cross this new hit single that has all the answers. Each year we name our tropical
2: storms. They're alphabetized if you're keeping score. From A to Z, there's a list you will see. From the World Meteorological Organization, O-M-G. A is for Andrea, B is for Barry, C is for Chantal, and D is for Dexter.
4: There wasn't always such an organized way to name storms and hurricanes. In the 1800s, they were named after saints, disliked politicians, Greek and Roman gods, or beautiful women. E is for Ernesto, F for Fernand, G is for Gabriel,
2: H is for Humberto.
4: In World War II, the meteorologists were naming storms after their wives and girlfriends. And in 1953, an official list of hurricane names was made, and they were all women. I is for Imelda, J is for Jerry, K is for Karen, and L is for Lorenzo. Many women didn't like that only their names were being associated with disasters, so they started lobbying for the official list of names to include men. And in the late 70s, it finally happened! The first one was Hurricane Bob! And is for Melissa, N is for Naster, O is for Olga, and P is for Patty. Now the World Meteorological Organization is the keeper of the list of names. There are six different A to Z lists that rotate throughout different years. So the list in 2016 was the same as the 2022 list. If a hurricane is really destructive, that name is retired and replaced with a new one. R is for Rebecca.
2: Wait, what happened to Q? Oh, right, there is no Q. Oh well. S S is for Sebastian, T
4: for Tanya. The list alternates male and female names. And it includes names for the languages spoken in that area. So for Atlantic Ocean hurricanes, they use French, English, and Spanish names. There
2: is no U name, but V is for Van,
4: W is for Wendy, that's me.
2: And there's no X, Y, or Z. We hurried through these hurricane names, now your brains are full of hurricanes. And we hope you learned a thing or two, because our hurricane song is through.
1: That list you just heard is the actual list of names that will be used in the year 2025. There are five others, too, which you can look up if you're curious. Maybe your name is on there somewhere. We've learned so much about hurricanes already, but
0: we're still left with one question. Yeah, how will we live with them? I mean, they're not going away, and they can be very dangerous, too.
1: To help answer that, we asked our pal, Ruby Guthrie, to do some research.
5: Hi, Ruby. Hiya, Travis. Hi, Molly. So, we've learned how powerful hurricanes can be. They're kind of these magnificent forces of nature. But we know they also can cause a lot of damage— whether that be whipping winds or flooding. This can really overwhelm people's homes and their communities, like we talked about earlier. And that can be scary. Absolutely. And we know that these storms are happening more and more often due to climate change, which is also overwhelming. But it's important to remember that we have tools to live with these disasters. Tools to be more resilient. Resilient. That's an awesome word. Totally. It's fun to say, right? And resilient means being able to survive difficult things, like how a camel can go days without eating or drinking in the desert, or how humans invented air
0: conditioning to keep cool. Or how after I fell off my bike, I got right back up again. What can I say? I'm a resilient rider. Exactly. And when
5: it comes to natural disasters like hurricanes, there are different techniques we have to be more resilient. Some people build their houses on stilts to avoid flooding or make their walls out of materials that will flex with the high winds. Most coastal cities use man-made barriers like seawalls or levees to keep water from flooding in. But we must remember that people have been living with tropical storms since the beginning of time.
6: We can still learn valuable lessons from the people who lived in the past. In some ways, they were much better protected against storms like hurricanes than we are. That's Dr. Bill Keegan.
5: He's a curator of Caribbean archaeology at the Florida Museum of Natural History. Bill studies the history of the native peoples who lived in the Caribbean before the Europeans arrived, like the Tainos, the same people we mentioned at the very start of the episode. Right. In addition to inventing the word hurricane, The Tainos were also really good at making their homes resistant to them.
6: They would set large poles deep into the ground and then um, build a thatched roof on top of that. Thatch provides a very nice protection from the rain. And if a strong wind comes through and blows off your roof, all you need to do is go out and collect more thatch from the bush and repair your roof.
5: And this is key because the Tainos could respond super quickly to the fast-changing storms. And that's pretty cool, because today, sometimes it takes us months, even years, to recover our houses, towns, and cities from hurricanes. Bill says there's a lot we can learn from the Taino people.
6: The Taino belief in keeping nature in balance is, I think, so important and something that we lose sight of today. And even if you don't believe that nature is controlled by spirits, There is still a a very important lesson to learn from living in balance and living sustainably.
5: And when it comes to living with hurricanes, this is exactly what researchers, scientists and engineers are pushing for, using our natural resources. You see, areas with more plants, such as wetlands, are better protected against hurricanes than those without. And that's because these plants were made to be resilient to these storms. So how does that work? Great question. So let's take the mangrove, for example. It's this tall tree with lots of tangly roots, and it grows on the coastlines.
6: Did somebody say mangrove?
5: Is that a talking tree? Oh, my, it is. Manuel the mangrove? Is that you? It's been ages. Yeah, we haven't seen you since the Lost Cities
6: episode. Why talk about trees when you can talk to a tree?
0: <laughs> yes! Oh, Travis, this is Manuel the Mangrove. It's tremendous to meet you, Manuel.
6: Ditto, dear human.
5: So, Manuel, you're a super resilient guy, especially when it comes to hurricanes. That has to do with all your tangly roots, right?
6: Correctamundo. These roots help slow the water from surging the shores and eroding the coastlines. They also help break up and buffer the high winds coming off the water.
5: Oh, kind of like a natural seawall.
6: Yeah, but I also do so much more. We mangroves help absorb tons of carbon dioxide. Plus, we're home to lots of different animals and fish. Concrete's got nothing on the grove.
5: That's a good point. You do so much beyond protecting us from hurricanes.
6: It's true. And I know hurricanes have quite the reputation, but they can actually be really useful to mangroves like me.
1: Well, really?
6: Yeah. You see, when a hurricane happens, it swirls up soil from the ocean floor that's super rich in minerals, which we trees just cobble up. Mm-hmm. Uh, these minerals give us fuel to recover quickly from storms and branch out to make even bigger forests.
5: All the more to protect with.
6: Exactamundo.
5: <laughs> wow, pretty amazing. So even though hurricanes can be super daunting, we have tools to live with them. And they might even help us. Well, if you're mango, that is. Yeah,
1: Manuel, I'm rooting for you. We're all rooting for you. See ya! Hurricanes are huge storms that are fueled by warm ocean water. They're becoming more common as our climate changes and our planet warms.
0: These storms are named because it makes it easier to keep track when there are multiple storms happening at once. Hurricanes can cause a lot of damage, but we have so many
1: tools to help make us more resilient to them. That's it for this episode of Brains On.
0: Crane Dunn is produced by Molly Bloom, Rosie DuPont, Ruby Guthrie, Mark Sanchez, Stan Totten, and Anna Weigel.
1: Our powerful fellow is Anna Goldfield, and our executive producer is Beth Perlman. We had engineering help from Shannon Harrison and Evan Clark. Special thanks to Lorena Gotro and Eric Ringham. This episode was sound designed by Eduardo Perez. The executives in charge of APM Studios are Alex Schaffert and Joanne Griffith.
0: Bring Dawn is a nonprofit public radio program.
1: There are lots of ways to support the show. You can make a donation, buy our books, come to our live shows, or tell your friends about us. Now, before we go, Travis, let's go back to that mystery sound. Are your ears ready?
0: Yep. I used. I right, turned on. Awesome.
1: Do you have new thoughts? Last time you were thinking jackhammer, construction site. Did you hear anything that might make you feel differently this time?
0: I'm still going to go with my same answer. A jackhammer at a construction site with all the people talking and the track noises. Very good guess. So I'm going to give you a hint, Travis. It is not a machine
1: making that noise, but actually a living creature. So let's listen to it again with that in mind. So what do you think now that you know it's a living thing that's making that noise?
0: Hmm, I don't know any living creatures that can do with that noise, um, but I definitely know it's not a woodpecker. <laughs>
1: definitely not a woodpecker. You know, it's a sound that I've heard um, my husband make before.
0: Oh, it must be some animal snoring. <laughs> yeah. Maybe like a lion snoring or a hippo. Uh huh. I love it. Definitely a big animal.
1: Very good guesses. Yes,
0: definitely a big animal, because a tiny little animal could not make that sound
1: like I've heard cute little dogs snore. They don't sound like that. They have really cute snores. So the answer is...
0: Hello, my name is Emmy, and I live in Renton, Washington, and that was the sound of a pig snoring. I recorded it in October at a pumpkin patch. It reminds me of my dad snoring. Oh, well, I'm not even close with a hippo. Totally. They have a lot in common, for sure. Well,
1: thank you, Emmy, for sending in that mystery sound. We really love hearing your mystery sounds, questions, and ideas, and we super-duper love seeing your drawings. We love them so much that we created the Brains Honor Roll to say thanks to all of you. Here is the most recent group to be added. Tiago from Sydney, Australia, Abby from Sylvan Lake, Alberta, Pascal from Bozeman, Montana, Grayson from La Mesa, California, Frank, Bethany and Rocco from Gleason, Tennessee, Graham from Denver, Gavin from Tingsboro, Massachusetts, Ethan from Newcastle, England, Cameron from Idaho, Lydia from Ottawa, Illinois, Willa and Emmy from Renton, Washington, Beatrice from Irvine, California, Sam and Charlie from Auburn, Alabama, Kilinahe from Kaneohea, Hawaii, Otis from Wellington, New Zealand, Joe from Williamsburg, Virginia, Noam from New York City, Trevor from Granville, Ohio, Jackson and Rowan from Park City, Utah. Ila from Portland, Oregon, Jacob and Aaron from Livermore, California, Charlotte from Jacksonville, Florida, Hannah, Kara, and Joshua from Wheatley, Ontario, Arthur and Clara from Clifton Springs, New York, Pascal from Bozeman, Montana, Rachel from Australia, Mateo from Boston, Luca from Naramburam, Australia, Dash from Millbury, Massachusetts, Ellie from San Francisco, Audrey and Ezra from Prince Edward County, Ontario, Zevi from Manchester, England, Jaden, Jonah, Coco, and Legend from Haiku, Hawaii, Luke from Fairbanks, Alaska, Sarah from Mount Airy, Maryland, Benjamin from Boston, Adam from from Firestone, Colorado, Amos from Youngsville, North Carolina, Ava from St. Louis, Louise from Montana, Bunjalung and Shafa from Quarna Country, Australia, Zoe and Xander from Bend, Oregon, Alex and Elliot from St. Kilda, East Australia, Joseph from Indianapolis, Drake from Novi, Michigan, Zella from Tulsa, Oklahoma, Samuel from McMinnville, Oregon, Ellie from Spanish Fork, Utah, Azulik from Seattle, Erica from House, England, George, Elliot, and Grace from San Diego, California, Jaden from Boynton Beach, Florida, Max and Anna from Sharpsburg, Georgia, Talia from Chicago, Isaac and Alex From Hendersonville, Tennessee, Harrison and Grayer from South Lake, Texas, Dylan from Naples, Florida, Bishop and Wyatt from Princeton, New Jersey, Nene from Portland, Oregon, Rahi from Mercer Island, Washington, Eliana from Rochester, New York, Zen from San Isidro, Costa Rica, Gwyneth and Eleanor from Des Moines, Iowa, Noah from Dolores, Colorado, Caleb from St. Paul, Minnesota, Avery from Dell City, Oklahoma, and AJ from Gaithersburg, Maryland. We'll be back soon with more answers to your questions. Thanks for listening.